and I, I think like you, Marie, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm a jump the canyon kind of person. I know it's hard to imagine just hearing me on the, on the <laughs> podcast. It's like, do it all, do it now, get it done. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is, you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week, we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? I am so thrilled to welcome Tana Amen, my good friend and my sister in health. She is not only a BSN and an RN, but she's the executive vice president of the Amen Clinics and a New York Times bestselling author. She wrote The Omni Diet, The Brain Warrior's Way, The Brain Warrior's Way Cookbook, The 10-Day Brain Boost Cookbook, and so many other life-changing books. But what I love about her is her fight. She's a highly respected health and fitness expert. She's a cancer survivor. She practices martial arts regularly, and she has a black belt in Kempo Karate and Taekwondo. So even though she's beautiful on the outside, she is somebody you don't want to mess with. Very, very much a warrior that takes care of herself. And it came from necessity, which you'll find out about in this episode. And we're going to dive into the importance of brain health and what you can do to make some really, really significant adjustments in your brain health with your plate. You knew that food was going to work its way in there, right? All right, let's listen to Tana. This is going to be a meaty one. Tana? Yes. It's so nice to have you on, my dear. Oh, it's so fantastic. Thanks for having me. So I have been a huge fan of yours for a very long time. And your work with brain health is something to me that I, I feel like this should almost be like required learning. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you developed the Brain Warriors Way book with your husband, Daniel Amen, and what it means to have good brain health? Absolutely. And I couldn't agree with you more. We always joke, you know, actually, it's not a joke. We say that, you know, this is stuff that should be start being taught in second grade. Yes. All stuff that you're never going to use again. But the one thing that can literally save your life and change the trajectory of your life is completely ignored. Mm. And so we don't really understand that, but um, we've actually created a high school course for that reason. Oh, that's um, so great. That's in thousands of schools. It's actually great. But interesting story. So when I met my husband, um, before we were together, I was a neurosurgical ICU nurse. I worked in trauma and neurosurgical ICU. So I took care of, a pa- I took care of patients in the very acute phase mm. of problems, of having, you know, injuries and things like that. And, um, so we connected and we just clicked right away. Um, you know, he takes care of the chronic phase (laughs) when things are going, you know, for years later. Mm. And so it was just a really good match and we just blended really well. So we've, you know, we've all, we've both been very involved in taking care of people, if you will, for a long time. Um, I started to get really interested in what he does because he was the first psychiatrist I had ever heard of 
that actually made psychiatry about the brain. Mm. And I've never really had a fondness for psychiatry, if you will. <laughs> we won't tell Daniel, no. <laughs> he knows. I almost canceled my first date with him. <laughs> oh, here we go. I don't want to be psychoanalyzed. And I just, I, I wasn't into the whole thing. But when I found out what, you know, he's a neuropsychiatrist, so he really focuses on um, the the brain more than anything else. And I love that. So um, when I started understanding his work, it just made so much sense to me. And I think it helps. It, t- it makes it medical le- less than moral, if you will. So people are more compliant. It seems to me that what you guys do too with the brain scans, which is something that I want to talk about as well, is something that psychiatrists don't do, which is kind of mind boggling that you're analyzing people and their emotions and you're helping them along, but you can't actually see the control center. (laughs) So when you can see it, doesn't it help you with being able to diagnose and and treat? Dramatically, because how would we know if your behavior is being caused because you had a head injury or because you've had toxic exposure or because you have, you know, I mean, there's so many things that can change the way you behave and it depends on how your brain was affected and where. So that's why it's so helpful. It's, it's like, it's like giving us a map and it's just amazing. So So, you you can actually see, and I want to talk about what being a brain warrior means, but just so people listening can understand, can you describe what happens when you have a brain scan? Yeah. So what we do is it's a, it's a scan called SPECT. Okay. And what spe- why SPECT is different than, say, an MRI or a CT scan. We use MRIs and CTs all the time in the hospital. We, we actually use SPECT scans, too, but they're different. So mm-hmm. CT scans and MRIs are, they are anatomical scans. They, they look at the anatomy. So, let, so I'll use your computer as an example. Let's just say you dropped your computer right now. Mm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like horrifying thought. Devastating. You your computer. And it looks fine on the outside. You run it through an MRI or a CT scan, anatomically, it looks fine. But when you go to plug it in and turn it on, it ain't running right, right? There's something wrong with the circuitry. So that's what SPECT does. SPECT looks at how are the circuits working? How's the blood flow? How is it connecting? What's going on? How is it functioning? Not Mm. just how does it look. Right. So, and SPECT is a leading indicator of problems. Because of that, whereas MRI and CT scan are lagging indicators, meaning the problem, it already has to have occurred. So whereas we can see problems coming. And so what does it look like when you have a healthy brain versus maybe a brain that has been affected, like you said, by a trauma or by a physical injury? Can you, what do you see that's different? Well, it'd be really fun to have, to be able to show the scans, but what you see is um, it's, it's a picture uh, it looks like a scan, but it's, it's sort of a picture of a brain in scan form, if you will. Um, and on the surface, it's very full and fat. <laughs> it looks very even. Mm. Okay, so it's full fat. It's not very bumpy. It doesn't have what looks like holes in it. There's no holes in it. When wow. you see a damaged brain, it looks like holes. They're not actual holes, okay? And you're, you don't have holes in your brain. We actually had one of our young stars um, post <laughs> his visit and he put his caption, I think it was clickbait, but he posted, my brain has holes in it. It doesn't have holes in it, okay? But that, it got a lot of traction, right? That's funny. Um, because it looks like holes because that's where the blood flow is low. Wherever you have a lack of blood flow, a lack of activity, it looks 
like holes. Mm. So if you see an unhealthy scan, that's what you're going to see. Bumpiness, holes. Now, if you, when it comes to overactive and underactive, the inside part of the brain will be like the underactive parts will just be sort of like, there'll be no color. The overactive parts will be super red or hot white. We call that a hot brain. That's mm. overactive. That's someone with like OCD or um, severe anxiety. Like those are those people like that or who have suffered from PTSD. Mm, I see. So we can see. So we can see not only like when it's been damaged from physical trauma, we can see when it's, you've been hurt emotionally. So when, when you're able to see that, then what are the protocol? And I, I would love to be able to link to some of these photos um, we can share a link in the show notes so people can actually physically see what you're describing. But what are the protocols that you then go through in order to help people heal? Is that what the brain warrior's way is? Yes. So obviously the reason the scans are so important to us, they are, they are not how we make a diagnosis, but they are a major part of it, right? So mm. they're a piece of the puzzle and they're a big piece of the puzzle. So uh, if you come to our clinic, you're going to spend a couple of days with us. It's very, very thorough. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reason that the scan is so important is because we, we will take all of your symptoms, but we don't make diagnoses by symptoms. I okay? see. Just like your doctor, if you went to the doctor with chest pain, he's not going to give you the diagnosis of chest pain, but that's what they do when someone goes in with depression. They give them the diagnosis of depression without telling them why. Mm. So what the scans do is they help us say, well, what's causing your depression? Is it because your brain's overactive or underactive? And that changes how treatment is sometimes, well, almost always. In fact, we published a study showing that it changed the way psychiatrists performed treatment, what they, how they treated patients 85% of the time. So the scans mm. made a big difference because it gave them a target. Mm. So do you find that the treatments, so let's talk about nutrition, because I know that that's something that you and I share very deeply. What, what role does nutrition play in the treatments? The cornerstone, and that surprises people. So you asked me about what a brain warrior is. Um, so just to give you a, a really quick rundown on that, because that's a big part of why nutrition is the cornerstone of what we do. My husband was an army doctor and I, um, my, my reason for being a warrior is because I was almost raped when I was 15. I was walking to high school and I was attacked and I was almost raped and I made a decision way back then um, that I refused to be a victim to anyone and I started training um, in martial arts and working out really hard and trying to figure out what it meant to be healthy and strong so I wouldn't, would not be a victim again. So, um, so now fast forward many years, I've been practicing martial arts for a long time. And so being a warrior, having a warrior mindset is really important to both of us. Mm -hmm. And we believe you are in a war. You are in a war for the health of your brain, the health of your body. All you have to do is look around, look around at our society and look at all the toxic messages coming from, you know, crisis news network <laughs> at any of the news channels, right. um, the toxic messages, the constant you know, drama, trauma, the food messages, right. you know, they are literally treat, they're literally training us like Pavlov's dogs, you know, bet you can't eat just one. We remember these jingles decades right. later. That's so, so true. Yeah. We are being trained and basically, you know, it's a war. So mm -hmm. they're using sex to sell food. They're using all of these things. Neuroscientists are creating food that physically make food or physiologically make food completely addictive to you and you don't have any control over it. It actually triggers a part of your brain called the bliss point. 
So and those are those are foods really that come in a ba- that are processed. Absolutely, they yeah. put the right combinations of fat, sugar, salt in them, and they they the right crunchiness, the right texture, the right meltiness. They literally study all of this. They create food because it's because it's critical to the survival of their brand. It's right? so deceptive. <laughs> and it start, it's it's basically wasn't so that it wasn't their thought wasn't well we want to just trash the health of America initially. It was because their brand had to survive over other brands. Right. But it turned into something that's made our society very unhealthy. So you have to be, here's, here's the reason, that's where the warrior comes in. So that's why we say it's a war. Now, people will often say, but I don't want to fight. I don't want to be a warrior. Okay, well, then you don't need, if you don't want to fight, then be a peaceful warrior, be a Gandhi, be a Jesus, okay? Right. But, but be aware, prepared, and avoid the fight. The only way you can avoid a fight is to be prepared and aware. Well, and I think, I think, and I know you agree with this, the best way to arm yourself is by being educated. And I think, unfortunately, um, when you follow popular media and all of the diets that are out there, you know, everybody's just trying to get you to subscribe to what they're offering or buy their products. So there's a lot of manipulation of data. And at the end of the day, I think we can all agree that the cornerstone of a healthy eating plan, I don't like to use the word diet, but a healthy eating plan is non-starchy vegetables um, and a wide variety of them. Absolutely. And basically, it's, it's basically whole foods. If it grows on a plant, eat it. If, it grow, if it's made in a plant, avoid it. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're going to be able to avoid it 100%. You avoid it as much as possible. Yeah. Right? right? So the reason, and that's where the warrior concept came in. Be armed, prepared, aware, avoid the fight when you can, and know how to fight when you have to. That's, I, that's what we learn in martial arts. Yeah, and, I, and you are a warrior physically and emotionally. You guys, I, when you see Tana, she is like, she is the picture of strength and beauty. Um, but I think, you know, I'm, I'm really curious, when you look at the scans, when you um, have patients that come into the Amen Clinic, what is there like a certain group of nutrients or macronutrients that are commonly missing from people who are suffering with different disorders? I'm just curious if there's like a common denominator that you see often. Yeah. So obviously we don't believe one, one thing fits everyone, not even one diet plan. Keto works for some people like, like a magic bullet. It's definitely not good for everybody, especially regarding your brain. Mm. Um, So, and, and you know, being a vegan, for some people, it works as long as they're willing to supplement and pay attention to what they have to supplement with. It definitely doesn't work for everybody. So we're not into this whole one plan fits all. It's, it's really based on your health profile. So when you come to see us, we want that's, so we use a concept called mastery. Okay. In the Brain Warriors way, we use this framework called mastery. Hmm. And this is for mindset. That's what we just talked about being a warrior. The A is for assessment. If you come to see us, we're going to do a very thorough assessment on you, including blood work. We're going to test your saliva, your blood, sometimes your stool, right? We're going to test all of these things to see what's happening with you. Mm-hmm. And, and what, to answer your question, there's a group of nutrients that are very basic that almost everyone needs to supplement. And those are just your, your standard basic nutrients, right? But then from there, it becomes very individual. So what we see, though, the things that are missing the most with, that surprise people when they come in, vitamin D, number one thing, incredibly, like, dangerously low in most people. And they're like, but I live in California, or I live in Florida, or I live wherever it's sunny. I'm outside all the time. 
those are the people that are sometimes the lowest hmm. because they're using sunscreen all the time. And because we're in a computer age where everyone's inside all day. Ah, yeah. And it, the darker your skin is, the more, the higher your chance of being low in vitamin D. Cause you've got, can that cause, can that cause depression? Uh, extreme. <laughs> so, so that's where sad, that's where the, um, you know, where, where the, um, basically your environmental depression comes from, from lack of sunshine, like people who live in Seattle or in rainy areas. So vi- low vitamin D is actually responsible for increased risk of depression, um, diabetes, heart disease, like a number of things. So, and it's the simplest thing to fix, right? So we, we're going to test your vitamin D right away because that's so easy to fix and nothing's going to work right if your vitamin D is low. Thyroid is another one. Most people, it's just bizarre, but for whatever reason, we're seeing this increase in the number of people with thyroid disease. And a big part of it we think is because that's where diet really does matter because it really does affect thyroid. And is so, it usually like hyper or hypo? Uh, Hashimoto's is on the rise like crazy. Uh-huh. So that leads to low thyroid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of them, myothyroid cancer. Um, and so that's one of them. The other one is omega-3 fatty acids. Anytime you have a society eating fast food, anytime we have a processed food society, we've gotten away from whole foods, away from plant foods, away from, you know, we, we think of it as a 70-30 ratio. Anywhere from 80-20 to 70-30. Plants to very healthy protein. When you get away from that ratio, you're going to see a dramatic rise in omega-6 fatty acids, which are inflammatory causing, and decrease omega-3. You get omega-3s from fish oil, um, from, you know, from your healthy diet, from like a Mediterranean type diet. Right. And I want to I make a comment on that because for people that are listening that do eat seafood, it's so critical that you choose wild-caught versus farm-raised for that very reason, because the food that you're, the, the seafood is eating, the fish, the shrimp, et cetera, if it's not in a wild environment where it's eating what it was intended to eat versus farm-raised where it's eating pellets and radioactive material and parasites and all of the other things that are associated with farm-raised, it's, it literally becomes a different animal and you become, that animal becomes part of you when you eat it. So be very careful to make that choice. And by the way, I got like, my whole face swelled up from eating one shrimp at a restaurant that was supposedly wild caught, but it was actually farm raised. They told me the wrong information. So I had to go to urgent care because I thought like, I was dying. <laughs> so I'm just saying like, that is something I'm so staunchly about. I don't know if you've had an experience like that well, too. To your point, I want to just throw out there, what we recommend for people is seafoodwatch.org. Um, seafoodwatch.org is an organization that constantly updates their website on what the healthiest fish to eat are currently in what areas. So let's just say there was an oil spill. Let's just say there was radioactive material that dumped in the water. They keep a watch at all times to tell you which fish to avoid, which fish to eat, what areas are the healthiest. Like, and they're constantly updating it because it changes. Everyone thinks, oh, I should eat salmon. Not always, not from certain areas. Right. So, you know, that's why I love that, um, that organization, seafoodwatch.org. And to your point, I would actually say what you said is spot on, but it's all of your food. Mm-hmm. You are eating whatever that animal ate. That's why all of your food should be eating what they were born to eat. Yes, definitely. We we think you should eat less meat, but eat higher quality meat because people complain that it's too expensive. 
So it's like, okay, but eat less of it. <laughs> so 100%. eat higher quality meat. Yeah. But those omegas, you know, you think you're getting, you're doing the right thing by choosing fish, but you know, you can be unpleasantly surprised when you know that it's, it's not eating what nature intended. But we so, actually don't want people eating enough fish anyways that they are getting, to get the right level of omega-6 fatty acids in, or omega-3 fatty acids in our society today, you'd have to eat a lot of fish. And with the fish the way it is, your mercury, what we see is people's mercury goes too high. That's we a great really point. People taking a, a really high quality fish oil and it, because fish oil is actually filtered. Okay, so it's different. You're not getting the mercury. That you're not getting all the toxins. You're getting it more concentrated. You are, and so it's much healthier to get your fish oil that way, and you're not getting all of the other stuff that goes along with the fish. And a lot of people don't even like fish. So taking fish oil is critical. And for vegans, um, we don't want them taking we don't want them taking things like flax oil because that's too high in omega six fatty acids, and you have to take too much of it to get omega threes, and it's not the right kind of omega threes. There are different types of omega threes. What we prefer that they would take if they're going to be vegan, take um, blue green algae. Blue green algae. Yes. Yeah. With so many other benefits too. Would you say that spirulina and and chlorella and all of those are in the same sort of category? They're not the same as far as giving them the omega threes in that concentration, but they're still healthy. Yes. So I'm, I, I'm not saying don't take them. I'm saying that the blue green algae though, specifically that is filtered for the omega threes is what is the healthiest thing because it's not, it's still not quite up to the level of pure fish oil, but it's the best thing that a vegan can take. Blue green algae y'all. It's something that is so important. And um, I think those three, so those three vitamin D um, thyroid issues and you're seeing more of an explosion with lower thyroid like with Hashimoto's and omega-3s. Are there any other big ahas or categories that you would say are pretty endemic? Oh absolutely. The big thing that popped on the scene in the last probably five years is that the thing that was so shocking to everybody is that we actually have pretty much all of our patients take and this is why diet you asked me early on why diet is so important. Um, the, the big explosion in the psychiatric field, in the mental health field, if you will, has been gut health. Mm. So surprising, gut health, if your gut's not right, your brain's not right. Yes. Your gut and your brain are so directly connected. You have nervous tissue all through your gut. You, you make more neurotransmitters in your gut than in your brain than anywhere else in your body. And that's why you get butterflies when you're nervous. You know, you get um, loose stools when you're upset. I mean, it's, it's directly linked. So, and when you have leaky gut or when you damage your gut, uh, when you have food allergies, when you're, all of these issues that we see with food, like the same reason, this is how I met you because we're both into food. Yeah, definitely. But any of the problems that go along with that, um, what happens is it directly affects your brain. You are more likely, significantly more likely, in fact, almost... It's, it's almost always. We see problems with people who come in with severe anxiety, severe depression, other uh, major psychiatric illnesses. We almost always see that they're not eating a super healthy diet. Yeah. And if they are, they might just be lacking some nutrients. Now, is that the whole picture? No, but it is a major part of it. It's one of our cornerstones. Well, and I think, you know, what we could probably really do 
um, as a society is take a look at our refrigerators and our pantries and see what is it that we are stocking. I mean, I feel very strongly, and I know um, we've talked about this, is there's not too many things that we need to survive, but food and, and water are two of them. I'm going to say both because both are extremely important. And if where you are keeping your food is home to some lonely ketchup packets and some, you know, <laughs> Diet Coke, then we've got some problems. Yeah, it's so funny because uh, I grew up eating, if you read my story, if you read Brain Warrior's Way, you'll, you'll read my story and it's, it's a sad story. It's pathetic actually. Um, but, um, I was not always the way I am. I grew up in a lot of trauma, 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 drama, and chaos with a single mother who, single working mother who ran away from home at 16, worked three jobs. I mean, it was crazy. But because of that, my, my idea of what eating was to survive was very different from what it is now. I went on this journey to save myself. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you looked in my refrigerator, when I first moved out on my own, you'd find a couple cans of frosting. Frosting was my crack, and that's what I lived on. Wow. I was I'm like getting up, working late at night, middle of the night as a trauma nurse, and I'm on the go, and I'm two pots of coffee and a can of frosting in my fridge. So like, that's what I lived on. Yeah. How? I don't know, but that's what I survived on, and M&Ms while I worked. Well, and, and here's the thing for everybody listening. There's no, there's no shame. You are here because... It, it's never too late to change. It's never no too late to start a new habit. No better um, do that. So what would you say would be, if you could give people one tip, one thing that they could do to improve their health today, what would that be? Well, I think the first thing that they're already doing, and that is just start doing the research. Um, so, okay, I, I, one thing I want to do is go through mastery with you. Oh, yes. What I want people to do is pick the one thing they can do the fastest. Some people are like me, and I, I think like you, Maria, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm a jump the canyon kind of person. I know it's hard to imagine just hearing me on the, on the <laughs> podcast. It's like, do it all, do it now, get it done. Yes. Um, I'm one of those people. It's like, don't give me half of a program. I want all of it right this minute. I'm going to get it done. There are people like that that need to jump the canyon. I always say you can't cross a canyon in two small steps. But there are like people that. who need to rappel down the canyon, walk across, climb up the other side. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Okay? There are people who need to take tiny steps. Um, so we call them tiny habits. What I want you to do is assess, are you a jump the canyon kind of person or are you a tiny steps kind of person? Neither way is right or wrong unless you try to do it in a way that doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. So if you're a tiny steps kind of person, pick one tiny habit that you know you can do today. Only focus on that tiny habit. And then my suggestion would be chunk it down. What I mean by that, let's just say your, your tiny habit is, well, I need to drink more water. Well, if you all of a sudden go, I'm going to like cut out coffee, drink water, make sure I drink a gallon a day, that's going to feel overwhelming to some people. Yeah. But if you go, you know, what if I made a pot of half-calf today and I just drank a half cup less and I make sure that I drink at least one cup extra of water a day? Like, what if it was just that small? Yeah. Well, what if you just broke it down and you said, well, today I'm going to do half-calf coffee. Next week, I'm going to add the extra cup. Break it down as small as you have to, but pick that habit, whatever the habit is for you, okay? So if you go through mastery, um, mastery is mindset. We already talked about mindset. That's being a warrior, thinking like a warrior. Um, if you want to be a peaceful warrior, then be very aware, armed, prepared, and avoid a fight. Mm -hmm. One thing my master told me when I started training is, I'm going to teach you how to fight, 
But what I really want you to do is run really fast. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, because right. we always think, we always, we're almost like, we think that that's like defeat, but that's not defeat. That's just no, being smart. It's, it's wisdom. My favorite quote in martial arts is, master, you, why do you teach me to fight, but you talk of peace? And the master says to the warrior, because I'd rather you be a warrior in, in the garden than a gardener in a war. Mm. And I love that. Yeah. So that's the M. The M is knowing your why, because if you don't know what your why, you'll never do your what. You've got to have a strong why, a strong enough why that it's leverage and it gets, it's your must. It becomes a must. I love that. And the A is assessment. We just talked about assessment. You get your numbers checked. You assess, in, in this case of what you're talking about, assess your pantry, assess your house. We go through all of the things you need to assess. You assess your body and you assess where you're at. The S is what we've also been talking about, sustenance. It's your food because mm-hmm. that is the, notice it's in the middle of mastery. It is the most important thing. It is the cornerstone of what we do. Sustenance. So the T is training. That's the tiny habits. It's understanding that each thing you do every day makes a difference. Don't get mad at yourself if you mess up. There is no failing unless you don't get up. So one thing I loved in karate when I first started practicing, when I walked in and he told me, okay, put your pads on. Today, you're going to learn how to fall. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't want to learn how to fall. I want to learn how not to fall. Right. He's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. You have to learn how to fall. And you're going to fall a lot. So let's learn how to fall safely and get up quickly. That's a wonderful just to know in life. <laughs> it was just so, it was such, Everything. for some reason, it just clicked in my brain because women were perfectionists. Yeah. And I went, oh my gosh. You can't do it perfectly. The Just best embrace that you will fall. It's a matter of time. Right. And yeah. it clicked with me that there's no failing right then. It was like, there's no failing. There's only falling. Yeah. I only fail if I don't get up. I love it. I and love so that it. was, I love that part in training. Um, the E is my favorite. So um, I actually wrote the essence chapter in the Brain Wears Way. Essence is your purpose. It's why is the planet a better place because you're on it, because you breathe. Mm. why does it have eternal value for you? And if it doesn't have eternal value, why are you wasting your time? Mm. So I wrote that chapter and um, my husband and I wrote the book together, but that was, that chapter is really personal to me. I really love that. Um, Knowing your purpose, people who are purposeful live 11 years longer. They live happier. They have more joy. Um, People who are not so focused on themselves, but learn how to focus outward, help others, um, they, they're just happier. They have less depression, less anxiety. And so knowing your purpose, there's actually an exercise in that chapter on finding your purpose. Mm. So, um, I love that chapter. That's E. R is responsibility. Now I'm a huge responsibility person, right? Responsibility, the more responsibility you take for your life and where you're at, the better the outcome is going to be. Responsibility, please don't confuse that with blame. It does not mean you are, I'm not, it's not my fault that I got cancer, but do I want to take responsibility for my health? You bet, because otherwise I don't have control. Right. A responsibility means the ability to respond. And anyone, anytime you're a victim, you can't get better. Yeah. So that's why we have a whole chapter on responsibility. It's also not about you. It's about generations of you. So it's really, it really is your responsibility. Um, if you care at all about the you know, it, I, I just want to make a comment on that because, you know, I'm, I'm a single mom and I've raised my kids on my own. Um, and I, I'm really vocal about it because why hide? You know, my life is not, it's far from perfect. 
But what I realized when my son was less than one years old and I had to make a choice, you know, I, I was like, I can either feel sorry for myself and just sulk and go into a deep, dark depression, or I can help to empower others and use this for good. And I, I just, I really feel like that is a choice. We have to make that choice. Nobody's going to make it for us. But when we make it, we just need to really understand that that's, that's the way you get to the next point, you know? I couldn't agree with you more. And it, whether it's your health, whether it is a divorce, I went through something very similar, Maria. And when I finally took responsibility and stopped feeling sorry for myself, I wrote 10 books. So <laughs> Unreal. It's really up to us and where, where you where your energy flows, where your attention goes, your energy flows. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're focused on being, feeling sorry for yourself and being a victim, that's what's going to happen in your life. You're going to manifest that. Yeah. You know, I'm not into the, I'm not in, it's not something woo-woo and esoteric. It's just a fact because that's what you're doing in your life. Yes. But if you are responsible and each day you just take one step forward, it doesn't mean you have to you know, go conquer the world in a day. Just do better today than you did yesterday. Do better tomorrow than you did today. That's it. I love that. You don't have to jump the canyon if you're not ready. <laughs> no. And then that's, that's why the, the last one, the last point in mastery is years long. It's the why. It's years long. That means you don't have to do it in a day. This is a long-term thing. It's not a two-week diet. Two diet. You and I both hate the word diet. The first three letters are die. Yes. Um, and so we're not into this quick fix. We don't even want people losing weight quickly or making changes rapidly because they typically don't stick. We want them sticking. Mm-hmm. Make the change permanent. And so in, in this, you know, I think master, first of all, the acronym is great. And I think it's something that, you know, we'll, we'll put in the show notes so everybody knows what that mastery is. But is there an actual program that they can go through with you? that helps to reinforce all of those amazing pieces that I think when they come together, that's kind of when you master your own life? Well, there's two ways they can do it. There's the book. Um, so I've got the, the book and the, and the corresponding cookbook, The Brain Warrior's Way. But Daniel and I actually taught a 26-week course that we recorded. Um, so it, we actually had 20,000 people sign up the first week. It was insane. Wow. Black belts. We gave out black belts and health that they went all the way through. Amazing. That was pretty incredible. So that is actually recorded and that's a program that we offer on our website. You can go to our classes that we, we have several classes, but that one is one of the best for helping people get their health together. It's the reason why is because it's broken down. We found that if you just do it for a few weeks, people go back to their old habits. But if they do one class a week for 26 weeks, it sticks. Mm. So that's that's something that we can link to um, and you'll find that in the show notes. We'll put that link in there, but it's that important. I mean, it's that important that if you feed your, your brain, that information one time a week, and that's just half a year commitment. That's not like that much really. You can transform your every day. And you said over 20,000 people signed up in the first week. The first week. Yeah, there's an attrition rate. And some of them went halfway through. Some of them came back to it later. But the people that graduated on time with us was a couple thousand people. And what did you, were there, I'm curious, like, was there a a transformation story that really stuck in your mind or somebody that experienced that? that Yeah, we had so many. We We actually had one couple fly out to meet us halfway through from Italy. It was so incredible. It was so much fun. 
Wow. They were, t- they were following the course. The nice thing about doing it online like that is people were joining us from literally all over the world. All over the world. Um, so it was really awesome. Um, one of my favorite stories is um, a woman who lost 103 pounds. I was coaching her. So she took the course, but I was also helping her on the side um, just on Facebook, like actually like just online helping her. And she lost 103 pounds, kept it off for three years. Last time I talked to her, it was three years. She still had it off. This is a woman who had just been ridiculed her entire life. Mm. Her mother put her on Jenny Craig when she was eight years old, and she used to hide in the closet because of the shame and just binge eat. And she always thought it was her fault. So the shame was just overwhelming. She had, so, she had a laundry list of health issues, from female problems to overwhelming and debilitating dep- depression and anxiety. And after she went through... The program, she said she realized for the first time, it wasn't her. It's what food was doing to her. Mm. She had never realized that, that her taste, her, taste, her taste buds have been hijacked. And that's what's happened to so many of us. Yeah, and that's, and that's really why um, the first strategy in my book is a taste bud reset. Because you have to like literally physiologically change what you eat to change what you crave. And the tongue... I think wags the the brain in that respect, right? Critical one, the tongue and the, believe it or not, even your smell, but it starts with your tongue. You're right. Oh yeah. I mean, all of it, vision, smell, we've just been hijacked Mm -hmm. and we've got to take it back. You have to be proactive. That's why we say you have to be a warrior. What do you think of, and we'll kind of, we'll kind of close out with this. What do you think, um, about all of the products out there that sort of, almost come across as being healthy, but when you read the ingredient panel, they're either full of salt, they're full of sugar. Maybe it's not processed white sugar, but it's some sort of sweetener in another case. I mean, how, how does somebody that wants to be a warrior really handle that? You know, they're thinking it's healthy because it's in a store that they shop in that supposedly sells healthy food, but how do they tell the difference? Um, so it's really interesting. We do an entire, actually, we do one or two sessions in our the course that I just told you about just on leading, uh, reading labels because it's so important. So it's really easy for me to jump on the bag, bandwagon and go after the food industry. And I, it does frustrate me to no end. But I realized a long time ago that will get me nowhere. Mm-hmm. The better thing to do is to educate people that it's their responsibility. Again, responsibility, that word. It's your responsibility. If you want to be healthy, you have to be your own health advocate. So that's why we spend so long helping people read labels. Yes, we can bash the food industry. They should be responsible, but they're not. Okay. So until that changes, it's your responsibility to learn how to read labels, to know the difference. I have a section, a whole section in Brain Warrior's Way on reading labels and in the class, because that is such a critical component to getting well. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, and I would just add to that too, you know, think about, and I know this is kind of cliche because we hear this a lot, but I think it's so true. Like eat what your grandparents would have eaten. Yes. You know, like they grew their own produce and they, they yeah. raised chickens. And you know what I'm saying? Like if we, if we just stick to what comes from the land. <laughs> they ate a bunch of baked stuff, but it was stuff they baked. Right. It right. Like the store-bought garbage with chemicals in it. With additives and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, just another shout out to the Brain Warriors way. 
Guys, check out the book and check out the Brain Warrior's Way cookbook. It is gorgeous. It's sitting on my lap right now and I'm starving (laughs) as I flip through it. Beautiful recipes that span breakfast, lunch, dinner, beverages, and even holidays. Um, And lots of great words of wisdom from Tana and Daniel in the book. And check out the program. I think the 26-week mastery program is something that everybody could benefit from. And you know, I think oftentimes people think, well, I eat pretty healthy, or I think I have a pretty good, you know, grasp on what it takes to be healthy. But I would say there's a lot of rabbit holes out there. And it's very easy to find yourself in one because, again, everybody kind of has their own agenda. So I don't lie. The question is check your, you know, that's what I tell people. It's fine. Maybe you're, maybe it's true. Check your numbers. Check your numbers. Yeah. And, and trust the people that know what they're talking about. And I, I, like I said, have so much respect for you. And I know that you guys have done the work and you've proven the results. And I think, you know, there's, there's nothing more to be said than when somebody like has this kind of resume behind them and, and has helped this many thousands of people that there's something to that. So thank you for being the warrior that you are and for empowering others through your work, through your words and through your passion. I mean, there is nobody that just oozes passion like you do, Tana. So I really appreciate (laughs) your time today. I get a little excited. And by the way, I just want to mention, I recently got your cookbook because it just came out and it is gorgeous. Thank you. So I just thought it was just beautiful. Wanted to just tell you that. So thank Thank you. I appreciate that. Sisters and and furthering health. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Tana. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.